The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello and welcome to the Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends keep in touch and have a conversation or something. I'm Derek Aiello, a writer, director, and pretty frequent D&D player these days. And with me as always is my buddy, Dane Fogdahl. Hey, uh, I'm Dane, writer, musician, podcaster, and lover of tabletop RPGs. Wow, it's uh, it's Monday when we're recording this, uh, and we've definitely got a case of the Mondays going on, my friend. Oh, we do. So yeah, like... I'm sorry if these episodes have low energy. Uh, I guess we're doing chill out version of the show right now. But yeah. honestly, I always get kind of hyped up about halfway through any episode. <laughs> um, but uh, that'll be good know. for the episode three weeks from when this one comes out, because that'll mean that that episode will be like that episode is going to be just chef's kiss. Yes. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. So, Dane. Mm hmm. For, in preparation for today's topic, what's the first thing you ever DM'd? And when you say DM, do you mean dungeon mastering, right? Yes, dungeon mastering, yeah. Running a cool. game. Running running a tabletop RPG. Uh, I was 10, and I ran 3.5 edition D&D for my uncle and aunt, um, who introduced me to the game in the first place. It was a one-off adventure. Uh, I didn't plan on it being a one-off, but we didn't get to play again before my parents moved us away from from Salt Lake City into, and back to the front range of Colorado. So it was only ever the one adventure, and it was very fun for me. I was very excited, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? only for a few years but yeah oh yeah i forgot that you grew up in salt lake um yeah uh first thing for me uh i think i was 13 or 14 um and i dm'd i think the module in the back of the fourth edition D playbook for ryan chen sean chen matt chen colleen chen and my brother Jason. Uh, that was the first thing I DM'd, and I don't really remember much about it other than, like, I think I skateboarded over, and my brother got driven over for some reason, and we played, like, it was a hot summer day, and we were all indoors just eating pizza. It was very fun. I don't remember if the adventure even, I don't remember if the adventure was good. I don't think I did a great job, because I don't think that game exactly lasted Uh very long, but it was like... Some sort of like you're in a town, the town's being terrorized by a dragon up in the mountains, so you gotta go up to the mountain and you know, kill the dragon. It was a very basic one shot adventure from the back of the fourth edition book. Hey, sometimes you gotta go classic. I I you know, basically the only thing I remember about my very first game is that a princess literally got kidnapped. Like that was the adventure. Go save the princess. And then didn't even <laughs> do it. Just eternally, just like trapped halfway through the story. Mm. Um Wow. <laughs> but yeah. Tears. So, Dan, how did you know that you were ready to DM at the age of 10? <laughs> because I wanted to. Honestly, uh, 
I owned all the books. I owned, I'm looking at them right now up on my shelf. They're battered as hell. But I owned all the books. I read the Dungeon Master's Guide cover to cover tons of times. I just wanted to, yeah? You know, like, I didn't know that I was, like, quote-unquote ready. And to be fair, I don't really think I got even close to being good at being a dungeon master until like like and I mean what I mean by good is like kind of like objectively good because you can be like a good all a good dungeon master is is a person who helps facilitate a good night with your friends like that's like that is the only bar that I think is like the real bar <laughs> like if you the only thing that makes you a bad dungeon master or in game master I might say the other one because it's a little broader cuz D&D trademarks dungeon master anyways um the only thing that makes you a bad dungeon or game master is if you uh ruin people's nights ruin people's time playing like if you are a jerk like as a person <laughs> if if everybody walked away having at least had a nice evening or I say evening cuz like I just feel like most people play at evening but you know you know what I mean yeah then you did a good job. Like if that's, if that's all that's accomplished, great. But like what I mean, what I say like objectively good is like, I felt like the story was good and like, I didn't get bogged down in mechanics or any number of, any number of things um, didn't happen so regularly as to like give me hiccups was the game you, I ran for you, Ryan and, and the, and the other guys um, with the Lich King. Like that was the first one that I was like, Oh, I think I did a good job. I think I did a really good job there. And that was fuck. Uh, five, six years later, you know? So, like, I, I don't know. Like, all I think you need to know to be ready, and this is, like, probably going to, like, <laughs> this isn't, like, good for topics, so we, we'll, 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 we'll probably, like, roll off here, is, is do you want to and do other people want to play with you? Like, that's that's all you need. And maybe that's just me being, like, overly positive and just, like, let's do it. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. What about you? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, I was the only one that at the time knew the game. Everyone else didn't know the game. So it it made sense for me to logically dungeon master. I also owned all the books. So I was bringing the books and it it just, there were a number of factors where it, the, the thrust into the role of DMing made sense. I think that after that, I didn't really DM too much. I DM'd like a short little game that you played in. And then after that, Ryan took over and then you took over. And then I basically didn't try DMing again until college. So that was like at least three, maybe four years. Because I knew that there was something about the way that I DMed that wasn't very satisfying for the people I was playing with and for myself. And I think it was, it, I needed that time to kind of like realize like, oh, you kind of just have to let the players do whatever they want and guide them in a way. You're you're you can't really make them do uh, any sort of like thing if they don't want to. I think one of my favorite one-off adventure dungeon mastering experiences was the um, was the villains campaign like one shot we did that you uh, Cordell and Sam Cast did with me that one summer. That one was really fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Like I had a whole, I had a whole nother module planned, but then you all rolled in with these like villainously characters. Like weren't, they weren't like villains. They were just chaotic characters. And I was like, you know what? I'll just throw out everything I had planned because I don't think I could convince these characters to go rescue anybody. And it ended up being like a really fun, wild, zany, like, like world ending romp. And it was pretty cool. Um, 
for it was like we played for like four hours but it felt like it felt like a full campaign mm-hmm. um there was a whole arc there yeah you know between you know surviving uh the opening moments to persuading a whole village was it or intimidating a whole village into siding with you to then conquering the neighboring city to then unleashing like the end of the world and then remaking it it's like it's like the it's like the story that i I think you all remade the world in your image or something i forget how it ended we ended up being god kings it was it was wild um (laughs) yeah it's basically every villain's like wish uh (laughs) yeah yeah and and so i i think like there's no there's no magic there's no magic number, right? Like you right. can't be like you have played a character in three campaigns, two to completion and one for at least an additional three months. And then you are ready to be a dungeon master. There are some people who maybe can just like some people will just pick up like the starter box and be totally ready to go. I mean, like, no, I, I, I think I want to do this, yeah. you know, having never touched it before. And there are some people who never really want to do that. Yeah. You know? And so like, I, I think it has more to do about with what you want to what you want your role in these games to be because spoiler uh, you don't even have to be a GM. You don't even have to have a game master, a dungeon master in your tabletop role playing games. Spoilers. There are GM less dungeon masterless games out there that are amazing. You should go find them soapbox over anyways uh back to back to the topic (laughs) um anyways i don't think there's yeah i don't think that there's like some prerequisite you can do the only thing you can do is try and also it's really important to know that you're like you're gonna fuck up yeah you know like you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make a mistake here you're gonna make a bad call there and that's fine like that's totally fine you're fucking human you're gonna do it i've been I've been dungeon mastering for 15 fucking years and uh, I'm not done learning. I'm not done making mistakes. The last campaign I finished, I look back, look back on it. I was like, I would have done this, this, this differently. Oops. I should have made a slightly different call here. Um, I should have prepared my characters, uh, my players and characters a little bit better over there. You know, it's just a learning process. Yeah. So honestly, I'm going to, I'm like, I don't think there's, I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's a magic, magic number or anything. The only thing to know is if you feel ready and maybe you don't, but you're willing to make that like jump off the high dive anyways. You know? Yeah. I I think that's important too. Like just because you don't feel ready doesn't mean you still can't DM like you can. Um, And I think that that's important. Like even if, like if, if, if your brain tells you, you shouldn't, you're not ready, but your heart tells you this is something I want, then you should go ahead and do it because, you know, it's better to DM a lot and get all those mistakes out early and figure out something and then go through the slow, arduous process of like relearning how to DM every time you DM. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I feel like I go, I've definitely gone through like waves where sometimes I figure out how to deal with something. And then the next time I try and do something, it just doesn't work. And I have to kind of start all over again and rethink like, how am I going to do that, that thing that I did so well last time? And that, I guess, is the other thing as a dungeon master. Like, you, A, shouldn't compare yourself to any other dungeon master because, I mean, it's, it's you know, easier said than done, right? But you shouldn't mm-hmm. compare yourself to, like, the Matt Mercers, the Brendan Lee Mulligans, oh the Anthony Birches, the Dane Fogdells, the Derek Aiello's, yeah, the Austin Walkers yeah. of the world. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do it, you know? Um, 
the Amy Vorpals, the Erica Ishis. You just shouldn't. You just shouldn't. And and it's because like everyone that DMs has their own way of DMing, and it's going to take time. It's going to take time to figure out how you like to DM and, and GM, and that's you know like comparing yourself to that is only going to make you a worse DM. And I think that it can set an unfair expectation of yourself. Yeah, totally, totally. And I mean, like, also, even if you are like the per, like, if you're like the person who kind of got like handed being the dungeon master, like everybody else, like was like, I really want to play characters, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do this. It's gonna be fine. Like, that's also a fine reason to be the be the dungeon master. Like, there's no bad reason to do it. And I'm gonna second what you said about like the about Matt Mercer, like and 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 folks. I know Matt Mercer isn't the only great one out there, but he's just far and away the most famous of them. Um, yeah, like I love what like Critical Role and all these other things have done for like tabletop rpgs in general and like i have a podcast like you know like but maybe the worst thing that it's ever done is that i feel like some people are just like i'm not ever going to be matt mercer i'm just not and that's the standard especially since all my friends watch critical role or or any number of things and they expect that that's what this is gonna be you know Right. And And I think that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing that, um, I will always sort of hold to is that you're right. Everybody has like a different, a different sort of style and things that they're good at and things that they're bad at. And like, you know, I've, I, 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 I think that anybody can be amazing because on top of it, Maybe you're right. Maybe Matt Mercer is just a little bit of a better natural storyteller and performer than you are. But here's the thing that he will never, ever be able to give your players. Their story. You are going to be the, the, the weaver, and not even the weaver, but the, the facilitator and guide and all these other parts of their story. And that is, on some level, probably always going to outweigh whatever happens on critical role it's going to be personal it's going to mean a lot to to people hey for all you players out there thank your gms and dms once in a while though seriously like yeah they work really hard and it's and it's sort of like this there's like a self-consciousness conscious side of it too like where like did i do good uh what happened yeah shout out shout, shout, real quick shout out to my dungeon master phil uh uh, happy, happy! A little over one year of DMing the game that I just stepped off of, but uh, I hope there's still leftover cake that you're enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm going to give my shout out. Uh, shout out to my partner Gracie, who's an amazing GM for me, and or she's actually a dungeon master. My goodness! Um, shout out to Cat, um, who's my she's my other uh, game master, and shout out to Natalie, who uh, has been a game master for me in the past and i love those games too yeah um buy your game master cake buy your game master cake uh and also like 
so often I've walked away from games and people are like, that was great. And like, they meant it. They really meant it. Like I'm actually thinking back to like our game uh, with the Lich and like mm-hmm. you guys would leave and you'd like, it'd be so clear to me that you guys did have a good time. You're like, that was awesome. Great. Thanks. Blah, blah, blah. And you disappear and I'd be like, I need feedback, <laughs> but what worked, what specifically? So I can do more of that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It is kind of, it's not like it, eh, no, it is. It is an art form. You know, the, that is a good point though. Um, like if you're, if you're a new DM or GM and you're struggling to kind of figure out like what to do, like ask your players like, Hey, how are you feeling about your character's growth? You know, how are you feeling about this thing that happened? What do you think your character is going to do here? Or what's your character's, you know, you know, like, like tell, tell me about this thing in their backstory and kind of squeeze those other like non in-game facts out of players to kind of give you more material to work on because you know every player loves it when like an npc from their past that they didn't expect was going to show up you Mm -hmm. know shows up because they built it into the game and or like you know a player expresses i really want this particular sword and then they get that particular sword like towards the end of the game like that's fun that's fun that's that's a good way to that that's like a good like dm pro tip Mm -hmm. yeah so like yeah i think you need to be in communication between mm-hmm. your, your being a, if you're a player, talk to your GM. If you're a GM, talk to your players, ask questions, ask for feedback, ask for like constructive feedback. Like, you know, just maybe you and I should have a conversation about what feedback looks like. Yeah. But um, I would say don't just open the doors for people to just tell you every little thing that they didn't like because that will feel terrible and not um helpful in the end uh i would i would seriously advise asking specifically for what works and build on that rather yeah than just looking for what's broken and trying to fix it necessarily or at least like find a nice balance between those two you know yeah and to the broken things you know it's not like it physically exists you can't actually just remove the broken things from game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and replace it with a functional thing. Yeah. And I mean, something I wish I'd learned a long time ago um, with being a game master and being a player is that it's really okay to like mess with the world, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not a fixed thing. Like I'm thinking back to a little while ago, Gracie was running a Dragon Age campaign for me and some some people and my character's brother showed up and it went in a really weird way because I wasn't really ready for it and afterwards I talked to her and I was like that got really intense and that's just not what I was looking for at all could we just you know just like kind of axe that from the canon and move forward you know mm-hmm. like because it's not it's it's a little harder with like a podcast. So like in that case, I, I tend to try and be a lot more careful and like really uh, talk to people beforehand. If something is coming up, make sure it's close to what they want. Basically I was like, you know, it's not, you know, nobody's going to be upset really. Like we'll, we'll just change it and then have a good time. Right. In the same way. I, I also wish I, as a player, I had known that I could go to my GM and be like, Hey, this is the character arc I'm planning on. Like this is, this is what I'm going to do you down for this? Can we make this happen? You know, it's, it's great that way, but I have a question. 
kind of bringing it back around to when are you ready to GM? Since we, you and I are pretty much in consensus on like, whenever the fuck you feel ready, man. Like we don't have, a, <laughs> we don't have the answer. Like what the fuck, yeah. you know? Um, what are three things you wish you'd known going into GM being, being a dungeon master and, or what are like three pieces of advice you would give mm. a new dungeon master? Okay. Three things I've known, three things I wish I knew. Um, I think right off the bat, I think I wish I knew a little bit more about like player types, like, you know, like power gamers, role players, puzzle gamers. That way I could create a more balanced game for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when you don't know that there's different player types that exist, you end up just kind of sometimes the game is good for others. Sometimes it's not. And it's, it can be very wishy-washy. Um, and you kind of, and like as the dungeon master, like a part of it is to keep people engaged. And part of that means having a challenge for everyone. Um, which then brings me to my second thing, which I'd known that not all challenges need to be combat. Uh, yep. because combat is not at all fun. <laughs> I mean, it can be fun, but it's not, it's not fun when it's only combat mm -hmm. puzzles Variety is the spice of life yeah exactly puzzles it, you know complex character conversations those are just as interesting as combat mm -hmm. and so not being afraid to you know force the players to haggle with a merchant or force the players to um I, force is a bad word um but in, instead of having a combat encounter planned you know the players encounter say a traveling merchant and they have to haggle prices and that could go a million directions and that can be interesting or, you know, like the characters had to talk their way, like, you know, to get like they, the characters could, could just spend an entire session trying to talk these guards into letting them into the city. Something mm -hmm. like that. I wish mm -hmm. I had known that that is a good alternative. And the last thing is I wish I had known a little bit more psychology in general, like fair something that I'm a really big fan of is table dynamics and arranging players based on who's going to, you know, have side banter versus not. Mm -hmm. I often will put, I often will collect people's character sheets at the end of a game and then arrange the character sheets around the table in the order of which I would like them to sit for the next game. And it varies depending on what I'm, what I think would will make the most sense for the session mm -hmm. and, you know, using a round table instead of a square table, um, I think it does make a difference when you can see everyone eye to eye um, and, you know, like making sure to address other players who are being, who are soft spoken. That way they have a chance to speak and they're not just overpowered by loud players. Yep. Those kinds of things. I, I think I, I would have appreciated knowing early on versus having to kind of just draw my own conclusions about it. Um, and three pieces of advice. Uh, don't be afraid to improvise. Oh, Yes. And then follow it, follow that followed up with don't improvise too much. <laughs> uh, and the last one is if you're going to improvise, at least know where they're going to land. Because mm -hmm. if you know where they're going to land, you don't have to worry so much about what happens in the actual improvisation so long as they land. If you don't know where they're going to land, the improvisation can go all sorts of places and often lead you to rule number two, which is don't improvise too much because then you'll end up improvising way too much. And then the game will just get completely off track. And that's no fun. 
because then it's more work for the dungeon master to keep track of. It's more stress because you introduced elements or things that you didn't necessarily plan for and the players just kind of become confused. So Mm -hmm. it's tempering that you have to temper the improv, but you do have to be okay with improv. Totally, totally, totally. How about you? Okay. Three things I wish I'd known. The first thing I wish I'd known is I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the right way to word. This is play with the people you want to play with. Yeah. This is less, this is less a thing about like, cause one of the first time I jammed, I played with people I, I did want to play with. And this is more just like something I wish I'd known earlier, which is like, you do not have to play. You do not have to play with everybody. If you are a DM or a GM odds on, you will get asked if to join your game way more often than you would think. Uh, like this was like a, this was like a perpetual problem through high school. Or not high school. Uh, well, also a little through high school, but more yeah. in college, where I would just get approached, like especially in choir, um, I would just get approached by people like you. You play Dungeons and Dragons. You're, you're the you're the GM, right? And I'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, can can I come play? And I'd be like, m- m- maybe. I I, I work we're kind of in the middle of something, you know. Like I'd have to like, um, kind of like push back on people, right? Because you you are never going to be able to please everybody. Like there are always going to be more players out there in the universe than there are games you can run. And um, if you kind of accept in people who you didn't really want to play with that, you're just kind of, you kind of got guilt, you guilted yourself into playing with. It's not going to be as much fun for you. Um, Super. That's, that's super important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing I wish I'd, I'd known is you don't need a million you don't need to know everything it kind of goes with your improv thing um mm-hmm. you don't need to know everything like you don't need to know every single detail of the world like i i don't know if you remember um when i jammed for you guys in in high school but i would come to every session with binders full of information and really most of that information was just maps and city facts and like just raw information um, such that I could improvise based off of whatever you guys wanted to do. Um, like if you're like, oh, what's this random thing on this corner of the map? I could be like, I know exactly what that is. Don't you worry. You know? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I, I wish I'd known that like there is more space for improvisation than than there was. Um, and the third thing I wish I'd known is it matters if I had a good time too, as a GM. Ooh, yeah, that is a big one. I cannot tell you how many games I've run where I was just like, afterwards, I was like, that fucking sucked for me. Like, no thanks. That wasn't a good time, but I'm going to be back next week. Yay. You know? Um, and it's so hard to tell because in reality, that wasn't the majority of games I ran. Um, by any stretch of the imagination. And so like, I was just like, it must've just been a fluke and then would keep kind of staying in it. Um, but three pieces of advice, cause we are, we are running low on time. So I'm going to, I'm going to power through um, the three pieces of advice I would give is uh, there's a lot of um, pressure to prepare, meaning like what I was saying, like come in with a binder full of maps and notes and things um, prepare as much as you need to feel comfortable. 
If you're running a prepared adventure and you feel like, and you're like, I won't be comfortable running this unless I've read the, the, the prepared event, the, the, the pre-made adventure three times, you read it three times. If you feel like you just need to skim it. Great. That's, that's awesome. If you're making your own game and you're like, I really actually do need every single map or I'm not going to be able to feel comfortable. Then you make every map. If you just need a world map and just like three random things, um, and half a page of notes, you need that. Like prepare to your comfort level. It will make all the difference. But don't do any more and don't do any less. Um, another basic piece of advice is if you don't know a rule, like like if you're if you're dungeon mastering for the first time and suddenly there's a grapple happening and you cannot for the life of you remember how grappling works, don't worry about it. Like literally just be like, I can't quite remember exactly how grappling works. So for now, uh, both of you roll strength and whoever gets the highest wins done. Um, and just be like, I'll look that up next time. You know, like be more willing to, um, to be flexible with the rules. In short, what I basically mean is don't sweat the small stuff. Just kind of make up a determination if you need. You know, like, don't like right. know the rules as best you can, but literally nobody can remember every single rule. Um, and then the, the third, the third piece of advice for a first time uh, GM is go small with your first, your first adventure. And I'm not ta- like your first session, even like, and I'm not even talking like, Oh, don't plan on doing a whole campaign your first time. I'm just like, whatever you want. But just for your very very first time, I know it sounds silly, but come up with just the simplest plot hook. It it doesn't have to be complicated, you know? Like, Princess Gets Kidnapped. Like, it's very classic and and maybe put it like a twist on it so that it's not such a like kind of sexist trope. I I was 10, I'm sorry. Um... (laughs) Or, or, or whatever, but like just a simple little plot, plot thing, uh, you know, just a, a conflict that your, your characters can and are in position to resolve, you know, like your, you know, and make, make it clear that on what they need to accomplish. Um, but don't make it like super complicated, you know, M- make it manageable for you, uh, y- y- you know, and then. And then just, you know, if you, if you've underprepared, it's a short session. And then the next time you're like, okay, I know I can handle more. Um, don't, don't, I don't mean to say don't reach for the stars, you know, but don't, um, don't go for the world ending campaign right off the bat. Yeah. Small problem. It it makes all the difference. You know, a few non-player characters. So people you as the GM want to inhabit and play. Maybe maybe it's a fun little villain, like a like a a weird angry goblin um who needs the players to go get their grandfather's pocket watch back from a thief. You know, like just something something little, you know, don't make sure that you're you can handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Start small, build big. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. This was good. This was nice. I think, you know, if, if any of you folks listening out there have questions, um, we, you can tweet at us. We have a, we have a show handle. We do. Uh, at Dane 
in Derek. Just Dane and then the letter N and then Derek. Go ahead and tweet at us if you have questions that you'd like us to answer about like running tabletop games. We'd probably be more than happy to do another episode on that or something. Um, Because we're going to do another D&D or tabletop episode. So that would be cool. Um, We'll gladly... Gladly answer questions if 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 we didn't cover anything in this episode today. Um, but yeah, totally cool. Well, I hope you all that are listening get a chance to DM at some point, uh, and I wish you the best of luck. Uh, but that's all for this week. Uh, you can see what movies I'm watching on Letterbox at Derek Aiello and Dane. Where can we find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dane underscore Fogdahl. Um, and you can listen to my show Diceology, which uh, is spelled like the science of dice on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, it's a tabletop uh, role-playing RPG um, show. So you can listen to me doing a ton of GMing and, and game facilitating. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everyone. Catch you later. <laughs>